What breed did Richard Nixon make famous? Can this breed see behind its head? Is this dog's bark loud enough to be heard when he's underground? And which came first, the Doberman or the miniature pincher? Dogs 101 celebrates man's best friend. Today, the Irish Setter, the West Highland White Terrier, the Whippet, the Miniature Pincher. And we start with dogs bred for tax collectors, the Doberman Pincher. A relatively new breed, these dogs were first bred less than 150 years ago in Germany around 1890 by Carl Frederick Louis Doberman. Mr. Doberman was a tax collector and he had to go through some sketchy parts of town carrying money. So what he did was he designed the Doberman to help protect him so he would not be robbed of all his cash. A six-year-old Doberman is an internet superstar. Some say the smartest thing on four feet, the Doberman is the fifth smartest dog in the world. And would you believe this big bad dog is descended from terriers? So why does this breed get such a bad rap? Maybe because the Doberman is listed as one of the most dangerous dogs in the world. Dobermans have the reputation of being vicious dogs. A lot of people are afraid of them. and They're not gonna enter your yard if you have a Doberman in there. And this breed simply looks ferocious. If Hollywood needs a villain dog, it's the Doberman Pinscher that gets the call. He's always the dog in the movie that the rich man has like as his spy or guard dog that comes running after your favorite character. It's true, Dobermans were bred to be tough. It took quite the potpourri of dog breeds to create this man-made masterpiece. The German Pinscher, Rottweiler, Thuringian Shepherd Dog, Black Greyhound, Great Dane, Weimaraner, German Short Hair Pointer, and German Shepherd. It's a mishmash of, of different breeds to create what we now know is the Doberman. With the perfect combination of strength, intelligence, ferocity, fearlessness, and loyalty, Mr. Doberman created a superior watchdog. What he was really looking for was a dog who would have a very, very strong protective instinct, be massive enough to intimidate people just visually, but also he wanted a dog who was sort of more refined and elegant. He bred the Doberman with four characteristics, which helped him become the second best guard dog in the world, outranking the Rottweiler and the German Shepherd. Starting off the list, like that of a champion athlete, Dobermans were built for speed and endurance. They have a powerful muscular body with a deep, broad chest. They're typically black with red or rust markings, but also come in steel blue or light fawn. The Doberman's head is long, resembling a blunt wedge in both frontal and profile views. Having strongly developed white scissor teeth, the Doberman's mighty bite is one of his most ferocious and famous attributes. It has a particular um, type of bite, which tends to be like a multiple sort of scissor-type bite. The ears have traditionally been cropped and carried erect, and the tail is typically docked at the second joint. Dobermans actually are born with floppy ears and long tails. So when they do have the ears cropped, it gives them that kind of menacing look. The Doberman may look threatening, but today's Doberman is being bred to have a less aggressive temperament. Over four generations, about 10 years, they bred away from aggression, and so they're much more gentle than they ever were. 
Although the breed's personality is changing, the Doberman still struggles with a tough reputation. But Chad Dressen has been changing that reputation with a six-year-old Doberman named Ramsey and an unlikely canine chum, Pablo, a Chihuahua. They are an unlikely pair. It's really something to see a 75-pound Doberman and a six-pound Chihuahua interact the way they do. And, and it's clear the whole time that the six-pound Chihuahua kind of runs the show. Chad started documenting the chemistry between the two dogs and posting the videos on the web for friends and family. He never imagined what was to happen next. One day I, I sat down and I took a look and wow, I've got a few million views of these dogs and thousands of comments and subscribers. I was getting, you know, 30, 40, 50 emails a day. The results have been amazing. Chad expected a few dozen hits on his videos from those close to him. Instead, he got several million viewers from all around the world. Here's a letter I received from Singapore. It's from Ivan, and he basically mentions that uh, his mom's a huge fan of my videos. And that's, I guess, when it hit me that these two are, are big time. I think this is my most popular video. It's got you know, three quarters of a million views. <laughs> Not only have these dogs hit the big time, but with six million hits worldwide, these videos have been changing perspectives about the Doberman. I get messages and comments from kids telling me how, you know, my, my videos changed their parents' minds and, and allowed them to get a Doberman. After watching many of the videos and getting to know Ramsey, I have completely changed my mind about how Dobermans interact with children and people. I get comments saying, you know, I never thought the Doberman was this nice. I, is this just yours? Is this a fluke? Ramsey's not a fluke. She's actually more common for a Doberman than I think people realize. Ramsey and Pablo are happy to oblige their growing fan base and plan to continue the promotion of the Doberman. If only one thing comes out of this experience with, you know, this fame with these two, I'd like it to be that people realize that Dobermans are not the stereotypical uh, vicious breed that people think they are. Today, the Doberman is a versatile breed. They excel at police work, guarding, search and rescue. In addition, these dogs can be a lot of fun. I remember dressing my Doberman up in clothes, painting my Doberman's nails. Remember, every dog has his own unique temperament, but in general, Dobermans can be a great family dog if they're well-trained and raised with children from early puppyhood. If you don't socialize them when they're young, that's a very, very big dog to have an aggression issue with. Um, and certainly if you have a Dobie with an aggression issue, they, they would not be appropriate dogs to have around children. Sit. Lay down. These dogs are very easy to train. I've had a number of them in my obedience classes, and I'm telling you, they're always at the top of the class, always the star pupils. Dobermans are prone to several inherited health problems so it's important to get one from a reputable breeder or shelter. They have a condition called von Wildebrand's disease, which is known in the breed, where they're missing a clotting factor. So if they get nicked, they will actually hemorrhage to death. They're also prone to a condition called Wobbler's disease. Which is a neurological spinal condition where their limbs shake and it's hard for them to remain sturdy. The Doberman requires very little grooming, and shedding is minimal and tolerable because of their smooth, short coat. Although the Doberman's lack of body fat adds to their fierce appearance by emphasizing their muscles, it makes them very vulnerable to cold weather. 
you would want to make sure you even put possibly a jacket on them or a coat if you lived in a cold environment because they're very sensitive. So in general, the Doberman is highly sensitive to the cold. They have several inherited breed defects. Grooming is simple. They're one of the most trainable canines out there. And with proper training, they can do well with children and household pets. Despite the uncanny resemblance, miniature pinchers are not miniature versions of the Doberman pincher. They look like Doberman pinchers, but they're not. They're a breed of their own. In fact, the Minpin breed arrived on the scene about 100 years before the Doberman ever existed. You'll immediately recognize this lively breed by its high-stepping, prancy gait, often compared to a hackney pony's. I think they're little athletes, personally. You know, they need lots of exercise, lots of running around. It would surprise you how playful these dogs are. Here comes Oscar, here comes Risa. Whether red, black and rust, or chocolate and rust, the miniature pincher has poise. And what the breed standard calls fearless animation. Personality-wise, they're pretty tough little dogs. <laughs> Usually weighing between 5 and 10 pounds, the miniature pincher is classified as a toy dog. And because of his small yet regal bearing, he's described as the king of toys. The ears are sometimes cropped or kept natural, but the tail has been traditionally docked. His compact cat-like feet allow the minpin to travel quickly and gracefully. Originally used for hunting small vermin, this tiny pincher has some terrier in his blood. A descendant of the German pincher, the Minpin got his start in Europe, where he was called Zwergpincher, or Dwarf Biter. His dexterity and small size were inherited from the Italian Greyhound and the Dachshund. But it's his terrier and Dachshund roots that drive him to burrow, making for some endearing and amusing moments at home. Jack, you want treats? <laughs> There he comes. Jack, a seven-year-old miniature pincher, is a perfect example of the breed. He's very intelligent, and he learns quickly. But he also needed boundaries. We never know what he's quite going to do next. Luckily, Marsha Fitzmaier has found a noble way to harness that miniature pincher energy. Want to go to work? Sure. Okay. There you go. She got Jack a job at the world-renowned Mayo Clinic. Jack has a wonderful temperament for service dog work. He's a very social dog. He is extremely loving and also very intelligent. Jack is the first service dog to walk the hallowed halls of the Mayo Clinic. He sees up to 25 patients a day, many of them children. Yeah, Jack can sit up there for a moment. <laughs> I routinely try to order dogs to the bedside for children that are in the hospital for months at a time. Uh, therapy dogs are a soothing presence for the patients. Almost done. Jack's unassuming size gets him up onto laps pretty quickly. I think he's happy to see you. He's happy. Where he can go beyond just lending emotional support, motivating patients to speak and move. Doing it. He seems to seek out the people who need him the most. 
he could walk into a room, the whole atmosphere would change. Hi, Carrie. Carrie, a 27-year-old double amputee, has received weekly visits from Jack for 19 months. One of her goals since she has been in the ICU was that one day she wanted to be able to take Jack for a walk. Jack's made a very positive contribution for Carrie getting better. It makes our work a little bit easier. Today, Carrie takes some brave first steps with her new legs. I sometimes just stand in awe of what Jack has done for the patients that he serves. With Jack at her side, Carrie has achieved a landmark goal in her recovery. Well done, Jack. That was awesome. That was awesome. Also on Jack's rounds of the day is 10-year-old Will Coonan, one of his favorite patients. For the last four and a half years, our son Will has been battling a cancerous brain tumor. But through that journey, one of the wonderful opportunities we've had is to get to know Jack, a minpin who has come to uh, visit Will in the hospital many times and has become part of our family. After Will's brain surgery, he had weakness on his left side and problems with his balance. Jack took his focus off his balance problems, and that started a friendship that has lasted five years. Hey, Will, you have a friend here. Jack has helped Will regain his strength and also help him feel more comfortable coming to the hospital. He helped me by getting me through all the times that were hard. He would just pretty much sit on my lap for the whole thing. Today, Will has passed his checkup with flying colors. We're very optimistic that he's going to live a long and happy life. He's free to do camp. He's free to go to birthday parties, play, do whatever he likes. One of the people that I'm inviting to my birthday party is Jack the Therapy Dog. At 10 years happy old, Will has many more years to celebrate with his pal Jack. A marvelous minpin and a true testament to the versatility of his breed. Willing and able to take on any task, the miniature pincher benefits from an understanding hand during training. I think they need an, an owner who has patience. They are trainable, but they need a little bit of care and attention. Their small bones tend to be brittle, so special care must be taken to ensure these little dogs don't break their wrists jumping off the couch at home. While small and great for apartments, the Min Pin is a very active dog and needs ample exercise. <laughs> Just remember, they're not tiny lap dogs. They are tenacious. Their short coats and small size make grooming the easiest among all the pinchers. They're small, require minimal expense and upkeep, as a family dog, the Minpin must be socialized early with children. But on the whole, they can get along with everyone. While all miniature pinchers have their own unique personalities, there are some universal truths to this dynamic breed. For environment, keep this dog busy and he'll love living in an apartment. Health-wise, the miniature pincher will live long, but he's got brittle bones and likes to overeat. Grooming the miniature pincher couldn't be easier, but training can be tough unless you demonstrate your authority early on. And as a family dog, the Min Pin gets along with just about everyone. Jack! 
making him a breed that's tough, loyal, playful, and above all, cute. President Truman's Irish setter, Mike, had the run of the White House. But when the Irish setter, King Temaho, moved in with the Nixon family, the breed became the country's third most popular. And Irish setters are romantic, too. They're great kissers. They're really boisterous. They really love to have a good time and party. Irish setters are happy-go-lucky, playful dogs that thrive on physical activity. The fields and woods of Sharps Farm in New Hampshire are pure heaven to an Irish setter. Irish setters were bred in Ireland. They need a lot of exercise. They love to run. They're very, very fast. No one knows for sure, but it's believed that the Irish setter developed in the 1700s from a mix of Irish water spaniel, Irish terrier, setting spaniels, pointers, and a dash of Gordon setters. But its signature silky mahogany coat is not its original coloring. It was originally red and white. Um, now there is a separate breed called the red and white setter. The deep red coloring appeared in the 19th century. It became a mark of quality and superior sporting ability. And to newcomers and veterans alike, the rich red coat caught in just the right light remains one of the most beguiling features. As bird dogs go, the Irish setter was designed to do it all. Find birds, point them out to the hunter, and to retrieve down quarry. They do this by quartering, running a unique zigzag pattern in front of the hunter. This helps them scan up and down the wind for bird scent. Good job. Good job. Finding birds over miles of territory takes what breeders call an excellent nose. Irish setters scent their quarry in the air, not on the ground like scent hounds. Its narrow balanced frame and long legs make the setter nimble enough to turn on a dime. Some say the Irish setter can run faster and has more endurance than other setters. These dogs have the ability to travel over vast and varied terrain. Characteristics that come only in a dog with a cavernous chest that houses a massive heart and gigantic lungs, which provides these energetic dogs with plenty of oxygen. But this high-spirited breed does have some health issues. Like most large canines, Irish setters are prone to cancer. I do think, unfortunately, setters in general are prone to cancer, and they do tend to suffer from bone cancer as well. But fortunately for these dogs, new advances in veterinary medicine are helping nurse them back to health. Jeff Philibert knows a lot about cancer in Irish setters. It's his life's work. And that work led him to a special friend. Hi, Diane. This is Dr. Philibert. How are you doing? How's Felix feeling today? Dr. Jeff Philibert is a veterinary oncologist who treats dogs and cats with cancer. Hundreds of them each week. I definitely think we see more cases on an annual basis and cancer on an increasing incidence uh, in our older pet population. Two and a half years ago, however, tragedy struck. And Dr. Jeff Philibert, the oncologist, became Jeff Philibert, his own client. Within 30 days of each other, he lost both of his beloved dogs, Clifford, a shepherd husky mix, and Calvin, a lab Australian shepherd mix, to a fast-spreading malignant cancer of the blood vessels. That ripped my heart out. People talk about that idea of the one perfect dog. 
And, you know, I had two perfect dogs. I just really don't think that emotionally I was ready to, to let another dog into my heart. And I think part of it may have been for the fear of loss. Two years ago, Penny, a year-old Irish setter puppy, was brought to Dr. Philibert for a consultation. The dog's breeder was having trouble finding a home for the dog due to a recurring cancer. The second removal, the tumor had not been completely removed. It yet grew back another time. But Dr. Philibert soon discovered that with the right treatment, Penny could recover. But the treatment would be expensive, a cost Penny's owner feared she could not cover. The dog's future remained uncertain, and it looked like she might have to be put down. I could sense was getting emotional, you know, because she had obviously had a bond with her and was really trying to look at, you know, what is she going to do? But on that visit, the insightful dog sensed a connection with the doctor and took matters into her own paws. As her owner and Dr. Philibert discussed the pup's future, Penny climbed onto Philibert's lap and into his heart. She literally chews me. I didn't even think about it, and I just said, I'll take her. A week later, Dr. Philibert adopted Penny, surprising his family when he brought the Irish setter home with him. A year later, Penny is happy, active, uh, runs faster than any dog that I've seen. Today, after successful surgery, Penny is a happy and healthy dog. Come on, go find a bird. She uh, has absolutely filled the hearts and, and the void that we had from losing Clifford and Calvin previously. Fate you know, has its way of working things out. That she came here that day and you know, she, you know, she needed me, I guess, as much as I needed her. And I do truly believe that that happened for a reason. Irish Setter owners will tell you that as a breed, Irish Setters seem eternally youthful and uniquely loving, devoted to their owners. But don't be seduced by this breed's charm and beauty if you can't provide the right environment for one. If you're a couch potato, don't even bother getting this animal. This is a dog that needs to run. This is a dog that needs to jump. This is a dog that needs to bark and be vocal and get his point across. <laughs> On average, Irish setters live 11 to 16 years, but they're prone to cancer, epilepsy, eye disease, and other health problems. Chiefly bloat, the life-threatening condition common to all deep-chested dogs, but setters especially. Setters require regular grooming. They do need to be brushed because they have that long, silky coat. When training, patience is a virtue. They are easy to train because they really want to please you. Sit. Sit. And they make a great family pet. I've never met a mean Irish setter. And if your kids want to have a good time and they want to run and play, this is a great dog for you. So in general, these dogs need space to run on a regular basis. Among other things, it's prone to cancer and bloat. They're easy to groom, but you have to do it often. Trainable with patience and a soft touch. And one of the best breeds for an active family. Come on. Now it's time to play Pick the Pooch. Sometimes nicknamed the Smiley Dog for its seemingly permanent grin, this cold-loving, fluffy white canine originated in Arctic Siberia over 3,000 years ago. Can you guess what dog this is? Which ancient, cold-loving breed seems like it's always smiling? That's right, the Samoyed. This Smiley Dog shed so much fur it's often used to make flies for fly fishing.
When it comes to speed, the Whippet is the Ferrari of the dog world. With speeds of up to 35 miles per hour, this breed can outpace a grizzly bear, a white-tailed deer, and even a kangaroo. Contributing to the Whippet speed, a unique propulsion system that allows the breed to cover ground quickly. Whippets have a gait that's perfect for speed. When they extend, they have a full extension and it looks like they're flying, like Superman. The Whippet attributes its speed to the double suspension gallop, a stride found in sighthounds where all four paws are off the ground, not once, but twice. The first suspension occurs when all four legs are tucked up under the body. The other time is when they're completely extended and almost parallel to the ground. This is a more efficient leaping gait, utilizing their long, lean, muscular bodies to cover more ground in a shorter period of time. In terms of speed, it means that they can get the maximal stretch and the maximal length per stride. The Whippet got its name because of its whip-like speed. Just like its larger sighthound cousin, the Greyhound, the Whippet will amaze on a flat-out sprint. While small Greyhounds can be found in art dating back to Roman times, the first mention of Whippet in the English language was in 1610. The modern Whippet was created by working-class people in Northern England in the late 1800s, crossing the Greyhound with the Terrier to gain advantage in hunting and delivering rabbits to the stewpot. With their eyes constantly on the prize, the Whippet is the most popular among the sighthounds. They can navigate in the dark, like they have their own night vision goggles, and have 250 degrees of sight, whereas humans only have 180 degrees. Their head is actually pretty narrow, so it allows their eyes to be further on the side of their head, which allows them to see in a wider range. Their hair-like feet give great strength for clawing into the ground, although they leave a very light trace. The short hair whippet is the most common, although you see long hairs occasionally. Their coat is smooth and not very thick. It's easy to clean and comes in a wide variety of colors and shades. Need some more? But the really fascinating thing about whippets is that they have two speeds, 35 miles per hour and zero. Super Sprinter. When I think of a Whippet, I think of the Ferrari. They're just high-class, beautiful, athletic dogs. And Couch Potato. Even though they run really fast, they're actually really, really laid back. So in the house, they're a great house pet because they're actually sleeping most of the time. Ansel, we're gonna get you right. Jean McKenzie experiences this contrast daily. She's been training Whippets for 25 years. There's just something about the Whippet. I love the athleticism. I love the way they look. And I love the way they live in the house with you. The best thing about the Whippet is how they want to interact with me. Among the sighthounds, the Whippet is the most biddable, meaning they enjoy being with their owners, no matter what the activity, even training. Click him right away when he's in. Gene uses positive reinforcement training using a clicker. The click tells the dog exactly when they're doing the right thing. Good job. The click is followed immediately with a treat. 
This clear form of communication combined with positive reinforcement is an effective, safe, and humane way to teach your dog any behavior that it's physically and mentally capable of doing. Okay, we've got a well-trained classic Velcro dog here. They'll want to be with you all day long and sleep most of that time. But when they're ready to turn on their booster rockets again, it's a joy to watch them go. And what do they like to do with all that athletic prowess and speed? Flyball. Flyball is a relay race for dogs. It's the only team sport that there is for dogs. The two-laned course is 51 feet long, has an electronic countdown, a referee, judges, and scorers. And it's mad loud in there. Essentially, there are four dogs on a team. They have to go over four jumps, hit a mechanical box with their paw, catch a tennis ball, return over the four jumps, and then the next dog on a team goes. Fly ball's like a sprint versus a marathon and a Whippet is great in a sprint race, and so they do great at this sport. The world record team, as a matter of fact, has a Whippet on their team, and he is super fast and exciting to watch race. And that world record is an amazing 15.2 seconds for all four dogs up and back. Whippets will fit in anywhere. Being a medium-sized dog and very thin, they can coexist, snuggle up, and charm you wherever they are. Not a lot to groom, the short hair is odor-free. Their coats do not provide proper insulation for colder weather, so a doggy jacket is recommended when exposed to sustained cold weather. Clip the nails regularly and use a soft rubber brush when bathing. Overall, this is a healthy dog. It's not prone to hip dysplasia despite its athletic nature. And with proper diet and care, the Whippet will give you up to 15 years of loyal companionship. They're not prone to snapping, so they're good with children. But if you have cats... You have to be aware that they have the, the potential to chase after small animals. So if you have a cat at home, you might not want to whip it. These good are sensitive boy. dogs, so positive training methods are essential. Although not ideal for everyone, Whippets are a breed that combines beauty and grace with love and loyalty. These dogs are adaptable, have no major health concerns, use that rubber brush and the clicker, then cuddle with the kids on the couch. The West Highland White Terrier is one of the only dogs whose tail was bred to be strong enough to pull them out of tight holes. They have the boldest personalities of all dogs. They're tenacious. Westies are also great at finding rats in a maze. But can this Westie earn the title Master Earth Dog? Think type A, that's a Westie. Cute and cuddly, yes, but this little character is definitely not a lap dog. They're feisty little dogs. They're like little Napoleons. This mug may be cute to us, but for a critter in a hole, this is the face of terror. Terrier terror, that is. These dogs come from Scotland. They are one of the terrier group that was bred to go to ground and dig out varmints, all kinds of things. Westies are close on the family tree to Cairns, Skies, Dandies, and other terriers of Scotland. Originally bred to clear farms, mines, and large estates of vermin, it wasn't long before this working dog charmed its way into the home. 
They've really become family dogs. They are adorable. They're as cute as a button. That adorable white coat is the most obvious Westie feature. It's double-layered with a coarse outer coat that sheds dirt and debris as it tunnels. A warm undercoat makes it a good cold-weather dog. They were developed from Karen Terriers that happened to be white and bred over and over again until they achieved these white dogs. Legend has it the white coat was born out of a tragic hunting accident. A Scottish nobleman, Colonel Edward Donald Malcolm, accidentally shot his red Cairn Terrier thinking it was a fox. So he said, gosh darn it, I'm going to breed a white terrier so I won't accidentally shoot them hunting. Narrow shoulders, rounded ribs, and wide hips give the Westie's body a bullet shape. This shape allows the dog to wiggle out of tight spaces. But many a Westie still managed to get into trouble. They would often dig themselves deep underground, and the only way they could get dug out was if they barked loud enough so that people knew where they were, and they'd take their shovels and they'd dig them out. It turned out that so many dogs got stuck in holes that a third unique trait was bred into the Westie, a super strong tail. If they're in the hole and you're trying to get them out, you can grab that tail and you can pull on them. It doesn't hurt them. Generations of breeders developed a tail with a robust bone and muscle structure. The vertebrae at the base of the tail are almost equal in size to the rest of the spine. If necessary, the tail can be gripped to pull the dog out of a hole without hurting them. For Nancy Gauthier, her daughter Mitzi, and granddaughter Kendall, the spirit of the Westie is a family affair. Training Westies for me is kind of like a family tradition. Growing up in a Westie household, we could have 15 dogs in the house at a time. It was kind of crazy. We were lit after that, I just kind of stuck with it. Kendall was next to catch the Westie fever. I just feel so proud for the dog when they get that real big goal. Kendall has been learning the ways of the Westie from Grandma. She is now preparing to enter her dog, Chloe, into a doggy event, which Grandma helped to pioneer. It's called Earth Dog. Earth Dog is a reenactment of back in the day when farmers had trouble with the rodents that killed the crops, and the Westies were put down the hole to kill the nest and potentially everything in there. The whole idea here is to test the Westies' natural instinct to hunt. How? Well, you dig a system of mazes. At one end, you put a rat. Don't worry, nothing happens to the rat. It's used to scent the query box and then removed. We don't let him get too close to Chloe. Just look at that little face. The Westie is then sent through a hole at the beginning of the maze. Now it's up to the dog to get to the rat scent. Chloe has the instincts of a killer. But does she have what it takes to be a master earth dog? To qualify as a master earth dog, a pooch must get through the maze to the rat scent within 30 seconds and then remain at the scent without backing away for 30 more seconds. I'm really nervous about next week's event. I really want her to get it so we can move on to the next level. Now, Kendall and her grandmother, Nancy, are training Kendall's Westie, Chloe, for the upcoming Earth Dog competition. Kendall hopes to impress Grandma, who happens to be a legendary Earth Dog trainer. 
She wants to back away and work further back in the tunnel. She's not working close. The day of the Earth Dog test rolls around. I think the extra training we did will help Chloe get this next leg. There's not much Kendall can do. It's all in Chloe's paws. Okay. Go get the mousies. Though she makes it through the maze, Chloe backs away from the rat's scent. Because of this fault, Chloe does not make the cut as an earth dog. But winning is secondary. What's important is how training Westies brings the family together. There's a lot of satisfaction in watching my granddaughter having the same amount of fun out of their dogs that I've always had. It's really special to me because I feel like it's almost my duty to raise Westies. While no two Westies are the same, in general, they do well in most environments. Westies can be in an apartment, but remember, they're not lap dogs. The Westie is a hardy breed that can live up to 14 years. Hip problems and some other health issues are a concern. If you have a lot of sun, they can have problems with the ear tips with sunburn. Training this breed is no picnic. You have to have a little bit of a dog experience before you get one of these Westies. They're a lot to handle. Keeping that double-layered white coat clean can be a challenge. They're going to take a little bit more coat care than some of the other breeds. The Westie is small, so children should be monitored around the dog. But in general, they are good in a family. They make amazing pets, wonderful dogs. The Westie does not like extreme heat. Generally healthy, but susceptible to sunburn on the ears. Keeping the breed's coat in good condition can be a chore. And a strong will makes it a challenge to train. Generally, this is a great family pet. I love Westies. Westies are great. So to recap, the Doberman Pinscher is a newer breed, bred for tax collectors. Well, unfortunately, like a lot of dogs, the Doberman is not generally really used for what it was originally bred for. Although I guess nowadays most tax collectors just harass people through the computer. In Hollywood, they earn the reputation as the breed of choice for villains. But American breeders have tamed this breed, and the Doberman today can be much more docile. The miniature Pinscher is not a small version of the Doberman. This little breed's gait has been compared to a hackney pony. It's the result of an improbable mix of the Greyhound and the Dachshund, and its small size masks a bold persona. They tend to be pretty lively little sausages. You know, they run around the place and jump up on furniture. They've got such narrow bones that if they jump off a couch, they could even do like a collie's fracture in their, in their wrist. The Irish setter rocketed in popularity when Presidents Truman and Nixon brought them into the White House. Its unique style of open field running was developed to help it flush game. Today, the Irish setter is a loyal family pet. Having this, this dog in a small dwelling or in a city environment is not the ideal place, in my opinion. I like to see these guys living free, running wild, and having a great time doing it. West Highland White Terriers look like cute little lap dogs, and they're anything but. They have this really high cute factor going with that little white face, a little beard. Bred to dive into holes and chase varmints, Westies were designed with tails to pull them from underground and a bark to be heard above ground. The whippets are sighthounds. They can see in a 250-degree arc around their body. 
They also have night vision. They're a delicate looking breed that is born to run. Remember, each individual dog is unique. All may not conform to breed standards. If you're adopting a dog, do your homework and choose your next best friend wisely.